Killsboro Brewing Company presents Two Drink Minimum, an industry podcast about beer. For our second episode, we interview Bobby Bendeley, brewer at Other Half Brewing Company located in Gowanus, Brooklyn. Originally from New Orleans, Bobby relocated to New York City expecting to continue his career in the culinary arts. However, he was quickly presented an opportunity to pursue his passion of brewing when offered the chance to work at Bitter and Esther's homebrew shop, located in Flatbush, Brooklyn. He quickly found his calling, traveling back south to the Mississippi to begin his career as a professional brewer at Southern Prohibition Brewing Company, and then back to New York City, where he now works for Other Half Brewing Company. Bobby has always been a talented brewer for as long as I've known him, and we're certainly happy he's back in New York City. So without further interruption, Mr. Bobby Bendeley. What's great is, uh, in the last podcast, I explained the uh, the name, Two Drink Minimum, being that, you know, we, we bring two beers from the, the craft house, but what's great is the minimum part of it, right? Two right. drinks at least, and, and today... Um, noticing you brought some beers from other half. Oh, well, really well, we quick. We to drink them all. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no we are going to drink them all. Yeah, Pat here. Pat started licking <laughs> I, his lips. I gotta, I gotta find my way home. So you yeah. Know. Obviously, we all love other half. Um, other half is poured often in, uh, in, in at the craft house. Uh, we've actually taken a few trips out there because Brooklyn breweries don't like. Not that they don't like. They they don't really distribute to Staten Island. Really? So we um we take the trip out there often. So um but I know a few few Brooklyn breweries will hop on um with Union uh if they self distribute. I know Threes is um Threes stuff out. Yeah, ha- has an arrangement with Union, but but it's it's great. It's an excuse for us to go out to Brooklyn and actually um drink and and, and pick up beer and, and we do yeah, 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 why not? Let's do that. Um, we uh, we I, yeah, we actually do some stuff with Union uh but I think they just handle like most of our like uh like our outskirts stuff, okay. Stuff that our guys are gonna have trouble getting to because you know we we don't have a ton of people. We get, we got like two vans. Yeah. Let's start <clears throat> lowest alcohol that way we can stay coherent, or yeah. at least me because I get get loopy fast. Oh I shit! Can, can I? Oh shit! What? Uh, can I curse? Yeah, you guys. <laughs> oh, I love that. I hope everybody does that. Robert was. Robert said fuck the last episode. I said fuck, and then I said shit, and then I said shit, and said shit. Oh yeah, no, Jesus! It's, com- it's completely okay. You don't have to worry about it. There you go. I'm actually gonna lower these levels down a bit. So there we go. Smells awesome. Um, yeah, no, it's cursing's fine. I mean, okay, good. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, that that would be an issue for me. I mean, I would, if not, you're gonna. I don't know if you got like a beat button, but yeah, the more the more I drink, the more like you 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 would just have to be like it would be like Morse code. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll fine. see. Uh, <laughs> if I get a little loopy, you'll hear my uh, imita- imitation of Goodfellas come out. So that's. Uh, nice. I don't think I've ever heard your imitation. It's not really an imitation of Goodfellas. It's just that <clears> my I feel like I have somewhat of a New York accent, but. It's a little bit muted, but when I'm drunk, it's yeah, it comes a out. lot of hand motions uh, and a lot of "you get the fuck out of here." Like, I don't know where it comes from. Just... I, I, you know, I don't, I, I don't know how like bad my southern accent sounds to y'all, but I don't really think of myself as having one. Yeah. Until I'm either drunk or around my family for a while. It's, that's exactly. And then it, it just can comes out and like, yeah. uh, like all of a sudden there's a twang and they're like, "Wait, what just happened to you?" <laughs> yeah, it's um, I feel like most of us don't. Vinny has a strong. New York accent, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. whereas the rest of us are a little bit more um, neutral, but it, it comes out. Yeah. So, um, 
So yeah, so so before your um, current career in other half, right? I, I know you started as a home brewer yep. and you transitioned into a career in, in professional brewing. And at, at one point, um, you ventured down to the South, to New Orleans specifically, correct? I, I, I moved uh, back down there and actually ended up working at a small 20-barrel uh, brew house uh, called Southern Prohibition uh, in mm -hmm. Mississippi. Okay. Which, uh, you know, is Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. See, it, that's, <laughs> that is um, a weird place, man. That's one of the <laughs> that and Georgia, I believe, the only breweries in the country still where you can't self-distribute. You cannot. There, there are actually. Uh, I, I see Facebook posts from the people at SoPro every day. There are actually uh, those, both those bills in the House and the Senate are are look like they're going to go through. So Mississippi. Great. Okay. Yeah, I, I I know the poor bastards at uh, Creature Comforts uh, in Georgia. They oh, uh, ridiculous. Like their beer is so good. Dude. I know yeah, it's yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like man, like these you guys got to rely on killing. an AB InBev rep to sell your mm -hmm. beer, which mm -hmm. is insane. It's yeah. crooked, man. It yeah, really completely. Is. It <laughs> takes it takes the control out of the you well, know the brewery. Like hands. the way they're doing it too. Like some like they're like if they want to sell on premises. I, I think it was Florida. I don't know if they still have this law, but they used to have this law where it was just like. Um, they could sell it on premise, but they had to, on paper, sell it to the distributor and then buy it back at a marked up price. Mm -hmm. But it never actually Leaves. left their floor. Yeah. Wow. It's yeah. just like, wait, that literally it just sounds no like that. That sounds like all mobbed up, man. Yeah. It sounds it like sounds it sounds like, like yeah. extortion. It sounds like 1980s. We throw some money here. We throw some money back. <laughs> you get your beer back. I, sell it yeah. I get my beer back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's. Crazy. I don't know if they changed that law. Hopefully they did, because that's that's literally that's extortion. Yeah, yeah it's. it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, what am I paying you for right now? You didn't do anything. Yeah, I, it's in my cooler. Yeah, the the there are definitely. Um, I think one of the biggest issues is the varying laws from state to state, right? And it's funny because somebody like you, you're popping, you know, you're you're bouncing around from the brewing industry in New York City, South, so you're, you're experiencing these things and, and how it actually affects the industry, especially locally. And I'd imagine it affects the, the you know, the beer and, and, and what you're brewing too. Not the quality, but you know, it could definitely no, it, affect it, it, the- No, but it does affect the quality because you, you have to make those choices because like, so you have to like think about how your beer is, like how it's being presented, who it's being presented to. Mm -hmm. Like other half, couldn't really we couldn't do the stuff that we get to do which i mean it just it feels like we're getting away with something be, because we can sell it uh over the counter we can make beers that are of a higher price point mm -hmm. um because no one else is trying to make money off of that yeah and so we can make beers that are a higher price point which means we can throw just a ridiculous amount of hops and stuff we can buy the nicest vanilla beans to throw into a stout like we can let our price point drift up so that we can make a higher quality product because like you know if you have to sell to a distributor at a lower price like yeah everybody wants to make the best beer possible but if you can't make money off that beer what are you doing like you like you can't pay your employees and mm -hmm. then you do have to sacrifice quality sometime for your price point because not everybody in Mississippi like, coming from a brewery in Mississippi if a six pack's more than like ten bucks, no, it's not. It that shit's <laughs> yeah, not moving. Know, it, like <laughs> so, so really, what 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 you're saying is it's it's flexibility. You you sacrifice flexibility um, 
you know, when you have to brew under certain conditions. Oh, absolutely. Which is, uh, that sucks, man. <laughs> like, and, and you actually sit and you think, and you're like, wow, we're lucky to be doing this here because you don't have to worry about that. Well, and you also have to hope that, like, your favorite beer doesn't, which is probably loaded up with hops or something, you have to hope that that doesn't become the popular thing. You have to hope it, you wonder why you go down uh, to places with, like, those kind of laws and then the the top selling beers are ambers and fucking yeah. Yeah, ambers <laughs> and blondes yeah. and shit like that and the reason it is is they might be a good amber or a good blonde but also like we have to make money like yeah, yeah. we'd love to brew more extra shit yeah but yeah uh you were gonna say something pat no, I was, I was just gonna. You guys. Oh, did I just oh, totally just run like, over? No, you no, 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 not even. I thought he was gonna <laughs> no, add to. to <laughs> no, the point was made. Oh, okay, great. Um, you can look across and just be like, "Hey, shut up." No, I'm fine. no, I, I, I have <laughs> thoughts. I feel like I'm like the, uh, the, uh, uh, Ed McMahon. Ed McMahon. Uh, the, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. like the sidekick. I laugh at the jokes, <laughs> pop in every once in a while. Well, you've been doing great. I so feel far. like I could do that. I feel like I could do that job, like sidekick job. I would be. Fine at being a radio side. Definitely want to talk a, about um. Oh word. Oh yeah, the saison. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so tell us a little bit about the the saison that you brought from other half. Um. It's uh. It's a collab with three stars. Uh, Where are they located? They are DC. Okay. Because we just got oh. something downstairs from a, a stout, a sweet stout from them. It's, it's on, on so it's it's called Meek Millet, and um, we actually did it uh two ways, where it's got raw wheat, buckwheat. And of course, millet. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did it two ways. And spent time in a fooder. I was in there for like I don't know, four months maybe. Wow. And then um, is that is that primary fermentation or is that secondary? So that was you, primary. Okay. And then we uh, and then we haven't we had did two batches of it. One of them had uh, twelve strains of Brett. The uh, uh, was it a uh, wow. East Coast yeast uh, Dirty Dozen. Mm-hmm. Um. And they're both uh, they're both fun. They're fun to drink side by side. Which one is this one? This is just the straight. This straight. Is just, okay. Yeah. So from just, what what yeast was it? Uh, do you know? Was it um, French saison it's or the BSI it? one. It's uh, uh, I don't remember the strain. It's BSI. I don't know what it converts to. It's, is it Belgian saison strain or French saison? I think strain? it's French. Yeah, French, yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't think it's Belgian. It's not like yeah. Dupont or anything yeah. like that. I feel like I should have brought beers that I remembered more about. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's... Why don't we open some of the IPAs? Those are like a couple weeks old. I remember what we did there. Um. Yeah. This this beer is really good. Yeah. This beer is very very good. interesting. Um. All that raw stuff. I'm, I'm surprised that it still got some chew to it. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. With all that raw in it. Um, and, and in regards to this beer, right? Um, I'm assuming people can get it, you know, now, right? If they wanted to go to a specific, is it on un, Untapped or maybe beer menus they can find? Probably. Oh, collaboration. I um. But is it on? Oh, dude, we're collaboration whores though. So like, another other half collaboration. Dude, like I when I first started working at other half, people like kept texting me like, "Oh, what's this person like? What's this person like?" I'm like, "Who?" And then they would show up, and like I just hadn't read the schedule. Like people kept asking me about uh, what's his face, um, Sebastian, uh, the fright guys guy. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, what's what's Sebastian like? I'm like, who the fuck is Sebastian? <laughs> and then he like shows up and he is one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. He just like he was like he showed up, he was ready to work, ready to be like super involved with like every facet. Mm-hmm. Uh 
showed me a couple videos of how I've met your mother on his phone. I wasn't really sure why that was happening. Uh, I just figured it was a German thing. But it was like a lot of fun, man. It was he, yeah. he was one of our more fun collaborations. And like we do so many, like the ones who are just a lot of fun stick out. Like the burial guys are always a blast. Like we have like weird crushes on each other. Mm-hmm. Like uh-huh. yeah. It's like a beer man. Yeah. Beer yeah, we just we we find like like it seems like we find any excuse to go to either or's brewery mm-hmm. and yeah, have have fun. Yeah, I, I I was reading that they they started out of one barrel. One, one barrel? barrel? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's insane. I've been in their original location. <laughs> yeah. It is a it, their their system is a it's a closet. It it was Wow. Uh their new dude, their new facility is so fucking sick. They bought an old forestry camp. <laughs> Okay. And so it's like it's like five or six buildings, and like each building has a different aspect in. It. So you know, mm-hmm. like one's gonna be barrels, like the old actual like the barracks. They're turning into a bar. It's the coolest building I've wow. ever been inside. I'm just like, this is fucking sick. Is man. it still in Asheville? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 actually like like right in the heart of it. Like Asheville is a really cool. I've heard. I've been like, there. Yeah. If you like so beer, it's it's a cheap and fun vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Phil's actually heading down that area now. Oh, he's heading down to South Carolina. Oh, South Carolina. Yeah. I was about to say, he might not come back, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a question about the collaboration. So I find it a bit, a bit uh, to be a bit uh, complicated sometimes. A lot of lot of ideas. Sure. A lot of cooks in the kitchen. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the brew day itself, it's usually one person doing everything. Mm-hmm. So on the brew day itself, who's doing the brewing? Is it like the actual brewers you know, is it... it it really depends like sometimes like people come in town for collaboration and the collaborative efforts mainly come for from like talking with sam devising a recipe and that they're really happy with targeting a style um and they're you know they're in new york city so they're booked with beer event after beer event so they gotta go do an interview mm-hmm. they gotta go take pictures and you know they they have to be done by a certain time because there's a tap takeover at a bar you know a yeah. haymaker or some shit like that mm-hmm. and so when you when that happens uh it feels like there's not enough hours in the day so even if they show up with like the earnest of like the earnest <laughs> idea like you they show up in work clothes yeah and like a change of clothes slung over their shoulder mm-hmm. and you, you, they know they think they're going to end up working and then they end up taking pictures in work clothes because yeah. they yeah, they yeah. barely had time to do anything. Like, oh, it's mm-hmm. fucking two shit. You know, like I, I'm more, I'm more. I was, I was more talking about Sam or the, the owners of other that, but I'm talking about the brewers that come in. Oh, to, to brew with you guys. Uh, yeah. Some sometimes it's it's just gonna be like the owners. Uh, every, every, you know, a lot, lot of the a lot of the newer smaller uh, breweries tend to like it'll typically be the brewmaster and maybe like an assistant brewer okay. that 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 shows and one of the owners. Mm-hmm. Um. And you know it it varies. Like I was saying with about Sebastian. Sebastian, when we did our Fright Guys collab and Adam beers, we we did an Adam beer, and we threw it in these fucking sick ass uh, cognac barrels that we got these cognac punchins, mm-hmm. and we just fermented mm-hmm. it straight in the barrel. And uh, I'm really uh, excited to see how that turns out. It's still over at our barrel facility. Mm-hmm. Um, your but, your barrel facility is offsite, correct? Yeah, we have a couple of facilities offsite uh, that we we use uh, just because we've been to our building. It's a closet, mm-hmm. uh, and even though we're like expanding into the other side, uh, yeah, like it, that's always going to be a, a struggle. Like we we've reached a point where we can't distribute the amount of beer that we distribute out of that tiny walk-in. So 
we have a distribution facility yeah. now <clears throat> and we have a barrel facility and we're, we're just constantly adding new pieces because that's always going to be a struggle when you're you know trying to do what we're trying to do like that was the great thing SoPro had. SoPro just had fucking space yeah. to operate you know, with. <laughs> it's funny. I went to um, Society in San Diego, and they had a, a pretty large warehouse. And, um, I mean, they had expansion plans for years. They have, they, they have to. The warehouse is so large that they have so much unused space. Right. But what's great is they built a barrel room in their brewery where they age all of their beers. And it's super convenient when you have the space. And in New York City, space is an issue, right? And oh, it was something absolutely. we touched on in the last episode. Um, and uh, I think being creative that way, uh, having offsite sort of facilities to store and to prep distribution um, is great. It's actually something that we're looking into. It's to also doing. a nightmare. Like, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's like anything else. You got pros and cons and like, <clears throat> man, sometimes shuffling the shit back yeah. and mm-hmm. forth, you know, you get a delivery to one space and like, all right, I need you to take two pallets of this over and then three days later you got to bring it back like it's we, you know the, I, I also like every time I text the dudes at the other facilities to ask them to bring stuff back and forth like I feel bad because I was like I know I just told you to take this away from here yeah, but you got to bring it back <laughs> but now like that was yesterday but now I need it again yeah because you know, somebody changed their mind and yeah it's 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 a nightmare like uh like you were talking about society like uh Quinby at SoPro the owner he um I, I one day was just like sitting down talking with him and he was, I was like you know I know you want to own a brewery but what made you finally like pull the trigger on goes because this building was cheap as fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah like, it's, it's almost as though when you find the real estate it that's gonna push you into yeah, it yeah um but yeah no it, it's I think I think being scrappy right in that way like just having multiple facilities it is a lot of work and it's a, it's a giant pain in the ass but there's just something inherently New York about that, and and I think it's really cool, and it's something we're not looking forward to, but yeah, whatever. We're yeah. gonna have to do the same thing. I mean, yeah. we already already are. Yeah. Making every little inch of space counts. I mean, look at what we have to do for the for the bright tanks. We, yeah. If we get them custom, we'll spend a little extra money <clears> to get them custom so we can fit more. Uh, you know, take down a little piece of wall that we took down, and yeah, that opens up a, a whole bunch of space. It's what you got to do i feel yeah. like you you've nailed it though like you're like a lifelong new yorker right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i feel like you nailed it there because like that that's how i describe the city to people who've never been here you know i'm like yeah yeah you visit it's one thing but like it's the coolest fucking place like yeah. it really it's really yeah. cool however everything's harder like doing laundry and going grocery <laughs> yep. shopping like yep. all the regular human things are harder and, and that is new york right you, you you come here and it can break you but because of that the quality of success is so high right and that's why these these breweries now are uh, to me it's extremely exciting because i mean the the stuff that that all these new york city breweries are producing right now are just it's 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 comparable to the best breweries in the entire country. It is it is sick, man. Yeah, it it's, is. It's really exciting. Yeah, like there's there's so much good stuff coming out of here, and it's just like we've reached a point where like yeah, you have all these like, I, I, I you have these beers that people like pine over because they hear about them on the internet, so they're mm-hmm. like trading cans and bottles and you know sending them to each other. And it's just like man, like yeah, you can go through all that. You can end up paying $80 for damn shipping, uh, and it probably doesn't get handled all that well in the meantime, but there's probably something 
near as good and fresh. Like like you, there's there's some like when you get it, it's it's probably not to the point of freshness that you would want it to be, and you're drinking a muted version of that thing now, yep. unless it was handled immaculately and you mm-hmm. paid a exorbitant amount for it to be handled immacu- immaculately. You can probably just go down to your local uh, craft beer bar and get something for six eight bucks that is gonna be even better you know like absolutely like i don't um the only thing i'll ever yeah i used to buy beer online and have it shipped or whatever from like distributors out there i did too i'm i was speaking from the part of a recovering addict (laughs) (laughs) so i'd have like these giant shipments show up but what i found is the uh you know i stopped uh, buying ipas because they they, you had no they just don't travel no No. and but the stouts usually held up pretty well oh yeah, yeah, yeah i mean you know they it's it's you know it's why sours the funky stuff and and I and the stouts hold up you mm-hmm. know anything with a lower pH can yep. just take a boatload more of a beating it's more durable over time and over shitty conditions. Yep. I wonder, um, you know, as as the regional and local breweries continue to pop up and grow, how that will affect that part of the uh, the culture and the community. Um, because, you know, after a while, people are going to say, I'm sick of trading beers online and getting them and them not being as good as, like you said, the brew pub or brewery right sure. around the corner. So, all right, so we're going to do uh, Peak Skills Amazeballs next. Again, Peak Skills uh, Amazeballs. Do the, do yeah, that's fine. Amazeballs this year, I don't remember it being this low, it's 4.7%. 4.7? Not there's anything wrong with that. No, 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 absolutely not. Actually, you know, I kind of remember being like a 5.5. Five around there but mm-hmm. I could be wrong because I work where I work man like uh, I was saying this the other night I was like man like when we make like small green or anything sessionable at all that's when like you know like we we, we take a four pack here and there of the of the um, the bigger stuff that we brew mm-hmm. but when we do the uh, when we do the like lower alcohol stuff that's the stuff that disappears because it's just like, all right, man, like I, everything we make is eight and a half percent. I want to have a beer with my. I can't do it all the time. Like <laughs> that is that is something we were talking I'm about. I'm not I'm not built like that. Like I want to be yeah. built like that, but I'm not a champ like that. No, like, we, so we're, uh, yeah, this this beer is amazing. Southern Hemisphere motherfucking wonder. Um, and again, a single hop. I didn't realize it was a single hop. It's Galaxy it stealing the wow. show. Yeah, Galaxy, you could throw in anything. And it'll it's, taste it's, great. it's in a barrel shit. It's one of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw it in your spaghetti. Yeah. It's, it's one of the cheater hops. Like it really yeah. is. It's no, just, it is a cheat code. Absolutely. Yeah, like you, you, whenever you throw it into something, whatever you do, you're just like, if you have a beer and you're like, I don't know, throw Galaxy. Throw yeah. it. You know what that used to be? Cascade. It used to be Cascade. Cascade's going through this like weird sea change right now. Identity um, crisis. Well, that and like, uh, I was seeing some shit somewhere. Uh, oh, it, my. Uh, my head brewer went to a thing at CBC. Apparently, Cascade is um, its 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 numbers are reducing oh, wow. uh, because it's been modified enough times that it's just it's kind of like how they're worried that like we won't have coffee in fifty years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Cascade is going through some of the same issues where it's been modified enough times that it's just not stable anymore. And wow. it's just not. They're they're worried Cascade's going the way of the damn dinosaur. Yeah, I, I don't see Cascade used nearly as much as it was used maybe four or five years ago. I do find that. I mean, I, I find that as well. Um, you know, as a home brewer, I've I've um, I, I still use it 
fairly amount. Now it's not it's not a it's not one of the stars of any of the. That's a backup RPGs. singer. It's a backup. It's yeah. a great backup yeah. singer. Yeah. It's like a Tonum. Yeah. Like what happened to it? People forget yeah, a Tonum. Tonum is fantastic. It's fantastic, right? It. A Tonum is the first hop I used for the first. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. A Tonum is the hop that I used for my first IPA, and I love that hop. My my my. I remember my when I decided I was going to start home brewing. I went to a home brew shop uh, in New Orleans uh, called Brewstock, and it was run by two uh, brothers and. Uh, they set me up with my first extract batch, and it was Magnum for Bittering, uh, Atonum, and Cascade, and it is still one of my favorite things I've ever brewed. Yeah. It was I, probably because awesome. it was my first, but mm-hmm. it, like I remember that beer and will occasionally rebrew it just because like, I don't like go flashing it around because it's not the flashiest thing, but yeah. it's just fantastic and simple. Yeah. Uh, speaking of first brews, I still have a bottle of the very first beer I brewed. Oh man! Ago. So where is that? It's actually in the cabinet. I'll I'll break it out in a little. Where no, no. What yeah. is it? First of all, no. It's, oh, like it's an amber ale. It's an amber ale, and I think <laughs> there, there are a few reasons why I'm not worried about it. One, I screwed up the priming sugar the day I brewed it, and uh-huh. I threw it in the boil, so it's flat. All the other bottles are flat. So <laughs> and I dry hopped it with cardboard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I dry hopped it yes with with tons of paper. Um, but I'll, I'll bring it down. A little. I would like to frame it like a little bit of history. Yeah. But um. Yeah, it's history, man. Yeah, it's it's you know. But but yeah. So I just wanted to mention really quick about the peak skills. Um, you know, the, again, two drink minimum. We have these beers at um the craft house. Um, you know, part of this program is to promote what we're trying to do here, craft house Killsborough. Um, so if anybody wants to drink this delicious uh, beer, sixty Van Duzer Street on Staten Island, craft house, come check it out. Um, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's amazeballs. It really is. You know, like Galaxy, like I was saying, it is a cheater hop. And like, I, I, you know, people, you were just saying how like we don't see Cascade as much anymore. Like we, like we make Magic Green Nuggets, mm-hmm. which is we use these high oil Cascades from Siegel Ranch, and um, they are great. But like, we're blown away that in like. In 2016, where we're selling this beer, we're getting away with selling a Cascade beer. Yeah, and we're just like people are buying it. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> um, but that is awesome. It's 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 funny because they're just it, it it it's turned into this arms race. And if your beer is not a vehicle for a boatload of Citra and Simcoe or Mosaic or Galaxy, people just don't give a fuck anymore. You know, like. <laughs> Well, that's why I, I mean I told uh, uh, Sean I said you know if we do run into um, you know we can't get hops we're gonna have to get creative and uh, you know trying out new hops that are coming out I've I've heard some good things about some new hops that are just not somewhat newer to the market like Idaho Seven and Denali right um, so you know you try those out um, but yeah it's it's uh, it is you're absolutely right it's it's they're almost like um, these keywords that people look for. Well, that's what they you are. That's, I mean? that's, exa- they are that's exactly, exactly what That is a perfect... Because your average consumer is familiar enough now to know what those are. Yeah. And so they'll gravitate to it. Whereas, um, man, there was a, a KCBC beer I had the other day that was pretty good. And it was like, it was an IPA with like EKG in yes. it. Yes. Yes, didn't Robert, it was, Robert spoke about yeah. this beer. Peter told him about the EKG. And it was, del- it was delicious. And yeah. I'm just like, this, this, this beer is great. <laughs> and like, why? Yeah. Like, I don't really. 
you know, I, I, it I think it doesn't have to be that. You just it doesn't, but it's it's. But you're right. It's it, people do gravitate to those those uh, particular ones. Yeah, buzzwords, buzz hops, yeah. key hops. Yep. These are the words that we have to kind of coin. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I I I think that's a, a perfect way of looking at it. It's weird when you're talking to an average consumer, a beer drinker, never brewed. And again, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. You could still read and go online and research, but they could describe mosaic to you as though they've been brewing, you know, for oh. God knows how long. Because the, these hops are so popular and the, the character so distinct and desirable that people are going nuts over. Right, and I think distinction is the important part because, like, um, you know, I, I, I came from a culinary background. Uh, I worked in the culinary field for a long time. Um, and so what I noticed in the transition to brewing um, with your average consumer is that one of the biggest issues you have is, you know, home brewers can talk, you know, talk, go deep nerd dives into everything. Mm-hmm. But your average consumer doesn't always have the vocabulary to describe what it is they do or don't like. Mm-hmm. And so they just pick key like bu- buzzwords. Like I literally had a woman come up to me once and just be like, hey what's an ESB? I'm like, oh, it's an extra special bitter. And I start explaining to her, she's like, I don't like bitter beers. She ordered four IPAs. <laughs> so she was hanging on to this buzzword yeah, that yeah. she didn't like, and she didn't realize what exactly, yeah. and I, I, like, I see it like in members of my family, like I have members of my, my family who are like, you know, like they're, they're Budweiser drinkers through and through because I'm from the South mm-hmm. and they're starting to make the shift to craft beer and as they're doing it, they're they're discovering they like more and more things. But man, put them in front of a tap list menu, and they just they get lost yeah. because they don't know what it is they love. You know, it's interesting oh. about no, but seriously, when I first start, when I so homebrewing came before craft beer for me, and a lot of that had to do with I just turned twenty one. Me and my friends were like, let's brew our own beer and save money, and we started doing it that way. And then when I started brewing beer, I realized. It was actually probably the second batch. We did an amber ale the first batch. It's ridiculous. This is 10 years ago. No, I just I like your impression of you at 21. Oh, yeah. No, yeah that's, that's accurate, actually. actually I, I didn't know him back then, but fairly. Every 21, I think. That's exactly every 21-year-old. I definitely boy. sound like that as well. Um, so, you know, we, we decided to, to start brewing an amber ale first, and then um, we did a red ale. And what's funny is, you know, I remember we were going out to Corrado's in New Jersey to buy this stuff um, before Brooklyn Homebrew was open. And by the time we hit the red ale, I'm like, all right. Beer is more than what I thought it was. I should probably start drinking, you know, more beer. And um, so, so when I started going to bars, and especially Wild Goose at the time, Wild Goose had a yeah, pretty Wild extensive. They were there. That was the first craft beer. Well, no, Adobe was the first. Yeah, I mean, with, with the extensive tap draft list. Yeah, right? they had thirty something taps, and yeah. it was like, how is this around the block from my house? This is crazy. Exactly. And you for know, those that don't, didn't know, Wild Goose was a craft beer bar on Staten Island in uh in. in the neighborhood that actually Pat and I grew up in. Um, so, so you know, going there and seeing this list and being completely overwhelmed and being like, "Holy crap!" Like, beer is 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 intense. There's I, so many different styles and 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 just it was a lot. And it took a while for me to really understand what each style meant and what I was going to get from each. So, so to hear that, you know, to hear that the woman would have an experience like that isn't surprising to me. Hopefully, she just keeps, you know sticking to craft beer and she'll learn that ESB isn't as bitter as she thinks. Oh yeah. Yeah. And she <clears throat> like, I, and, and to be like, I think the major issue there is like when I describe an ESB, especially as compared to your, like your average, like the descriptor words 
man, bitter is just like not, it's in the name, mm-hmm. but like in the descriptor words that I would use to describe it, like it's not you're gonna, you're, gonna, you're you're throwing fruity, you're gonna throw a little caramely, you know, mm-hmm. you're gonna have a moderate hoppiness and a lot of malt. Like, yeah, you're gonna you're, you're, you're throwing this stuff out there. Yeah. It's not at all what you would think, and so it's just it's it's like one of those mis, misguided names. Absolutely. It's like. That's why some people leaned away from calling sour beers sour because sour has a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. They start referring to them as tart yeah. because that word just, you know, <laughs> it's true. Like you see it in menus all the time. Like you have menu fluff. Like if you order, you know, something and it comes with a caramelized onion flan, that sounds delicious because flan's a fucking dessert. All right. Yeah. Like yeah. it's th- there's no caramelized onion flan. Mm-hmm. Flan is a specific thing. It's a caramelized onion egg custard. Yeah. But egg custard doesn't sell as well yeah. as flan. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's... it's. I mean, and, and it's funny because drinking, you know, ESBs and actually brewing ESBs, you know, you do realize, yes, I understand why bitter's in the name and the history of it and whatnot. Um, but I, I just, again, it's one of those, those things that turn people off and it's like, it's not... The experience you think you're going to get isn't exactly, you know, uh, conveyed yeah. correctly. No. I mean, a good example is we had um, <clears throat> an ESB at the Craft House uh, on tap. It was delicious, um, and it wasn't selling. And when we changed it to English Pale Ale, it started selling. <laughs> it's insane. That, that's, I mean, that's that's a hundred percent. The the thing got its name before uh, the arms race of weaponized alpha acids mm-hmm. started so for the time i'm sure it was kind of bitter very now, probably very bitter yeah, you know? yeah. they were but, used to drinking like sort of sour because they had no really control over there a lot of times there was no control over there quarters right? were really popular as yes. well it was the most common commonly sold beer amongst blue collar workers mm-hmm. and you know that's kind of sweeter so by you know yeah esb by porter standards would probably be, yeah yeah it's pretty bitter. yeah this yeah. is a uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's it's just it's interesting, the, the, and especially this this sort of segmented beer history, right? And and how American craft is really redefining a lot of that. I mean, thousands of years of brewing, right? Just just how American craft breweries are approaching um, not only classic styles but modernizing or, or just inventing their own styles. So, God, the style the style thing. I I don't know why people get so hung up on the styles, like. It's it's one of those things where it's just, you know, make what you like, and then you know you, you can worry about the style later. If you want to try to like make a make a make a historical style, still have some fun with it. Although sometimes I get a little too loose with that. I did a a homebrew event and I got s- stuck with amber. Oh, nice! And so that's oh, for the bruminaries. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I got stuck with the amber category, and I was so bummed out about it until I decided to interpret because the American Amber style guideline has some wiggle room so I just decided to take that bitch to 11 so it's like <laughs> maximum alcohol maximum finishing gravity um, and that is the that is the whole you just described American craft breweries right there I took that bitch to 11 yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is the whole American craft beer movement so go ahead finish yeah that's 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 what I decided to do and, yeah, I, speaking of, of events and Beer clubs. Well, why am I having trouble saying this? Um, tickets went on sale. Bam. There you go. Yesterday, um, for a brew for autism. Yes. 
Uh, we've sold 111 tickets in one day, which is we're, insane. Well, we're over that now because I've been getting go. email notifications. So there you go. We're up to uh, I think I think about 130 now. 130. So we'll probably so be not close to 24 hours. Yeah, so. we'll, we'll be close to 200 by the end of the weekend, if not over it. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. You should definitely brew beer for it if you're available. I can. What is it? April 22nd. Yeah, I can do it. Mm-hmm. I can do it. Yeah, if you're available. But um, you know we uh. A bunch of the brewmanaries are, are, are participating as they have in the past, and you know they they've always been uh, a huge support of the event. And you know, Bobby, you're like a, a, a celebrity in the brewmanaries. So. I don't know. Wow, geez. <laughs> I should I shouldn't be a celebrity anywhere. Uh, but they 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 are very nice to me, uh, probably because I get drunk and get real friendly. Yeah. Uh, it's it's well deserved. <laughs> so this is the we're drinking the the goose now. Uh, what's the name of this one again, Bobby? Tilken. Tilken. This is also... Also um, down in Craft House. Yeah, 60 Van Duzer Street, blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> Crafthouse.si.com. Um, and, uh, yeah. Do we know... Good. Now, this beer is delicious, hands down. Um, that being said, and I, I, it's every green bottle beer you'll ever open. Oh. So it says on the palm, whatever. When you first open, you get that initial scent of skunk hops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it goes away, obviously. But why do they continue to use the green bottles? I don't understand. I, I have a, I have a good answer for that. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so, are you familiar with Jester King? Yes. Yeah, yeah, they're wonderful. Um, a lot of people who brew sour beer actually like a little bit of the skunk. Do they? Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so Jester King actually has already said, like you know. They do versions of their beers that come in both bottles because it, it, it some people find it like, uh, was it Heineken? Heineken. They artificially skunk their beer, no? Uh, they do now, yeah. yeah. Because they, they actually went away, like they, they figured the skunking thing out and then they changed it. Mm-hmm. But American palates had become so attuned to, to like, the... they're like, this doesn't taste like Heineken yeah. anymore. <laughs> and so the sales dropped and so they artificially skunk their beer now because that's what the American palate was attuned to. Yeah. So, you know, anything that we consider to be an off flavor, like I say anything, like butyric acid is not really going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but almost anything we consider to be an off flavor is all about parts per million. You know, mm-hmm. if, if it's if What's, it's a what too you're high, perceiving, yeah, right? it's too high of a concentration, and it's different for every person. Like you see that with certain hops, like some people get. Summit was a prime example. Uh, Oscar Blues used to make a a beer. Well, I think they still make the beer, but I think they changed since changed the hop. But at one point, uh, Gubna. Governor, yes. Was an all-summit hop. Okay. Uh, beer. And so people, we, we did a taste test with this. And it's just like, you know, how some people are like, some people love cilantro. Some people hate cilantro. Think yeah. that's awful, right? They, they have, it tastes like soap. It, yeah, it's so It's like fan. a genetic thing, though, yeah. what they have. Yeah, we just, we have different receptors and we're attuned to different things. Mm-hmm. Like, I know when it comes to off flavors, like, if it's diacetyl, like, I'm money at picking out diacetyl. Mm-hmm. But there's other off flavors that, like... I'm not as attuned to. So some mm-hmm. people are like, oh my God, this is horrible. And I'm like, I don't know, I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, so every, like uh, some people taste uh, villain, uh, villainin, vanillinin, I don't mean, whatever vanilla is. It's, 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 it's actually oh. got a chemical name. It's like, yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, some people are really sensitive to that, and yeah, they taste it in vanilla. places where I can't. I'm like, I, mm-hmm. there's no vanilla in this. Yeah, but they taste those chemicals. Vanillin. 
Vanillin? Yep. I anyway. just started adding fucking See, water. I just say vanilla. Yeah. yeah. I, I can taste the uh, high fermentation temperatures because they, they stop putting out these phenolics that are, that are uh, characteristic of Belgians. Yeah, you're... And they, uh, they make them undrinkable for me. I can't, yeah. I can't do it. Yeah, we uh, Patrick and, and Doug Williams, a member of Poor Standards, um, I know fall in that category of, um, again, you know, when you drink certain Belgians, some people enjoy it. You know, I know Doug was always like, I only taste nail polish. And it bugs the shit out of me. Yeah. You know? And it's, 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 you know, the science of tasting is, it is different for everybody. Well, I mean, back to the thing with the governor, man. Like, um, we did, like, this is like one of my little, like, still, like, doing a home brewer test. And I had heard some interesting things about Summit. So, took 10 people, took five cans, poured each one, 10 people. Eight of them came back every time. We're like, man, this is, you know, it's 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 this is good beer. It's like I get like tangerine, like mm-hmm. you know, they were experiencing like the stuff you want out of Summit. Mm-hmm. And then every time, two people were come back like, motherfucking red onion and garlic. Yeah. Really? Like, well, <clears throat> I you know what I hated, I forgot who it was, but we were at, we were at the craft house. I think it was for the um the, um Lone Wolf release of mm-hmm. our our um double IPA that. Uh, Dave, Dave Craco distilled, distilled yeah. from Arcane uh, Distilling, and I'm drinking one of the. I think it was a Sierra Nevada. It was either either a pale or an IPA. As I'm drinking it, he looked at me and he goes, "I don't know if it was Dave or somebody else." And they were like, "Peppers." And then as soon as he said that, I was like, "Fuck you, man!" And that's all. I, yeah, all I tasted was peppers after that, because it's it's yeah, and that garlicky onion thing comes out too in a few you, of the hops. You, you know what's really interesting is that <clears throat> it, like I, I think sometimes it's easy to lose, and I, I was talking uh, earlier before we started recording about a uh, hop selection and how that's such a big thing because you know you, we're using agricultural products and. It's not only going to vary from year to year. It's going to vary from farm to farm. Yeah, absolutely. And so you can get hops that, like, you know, people hit Simcoe with that. Like, sometimes they'll be like, oh, it's cat pissy. Yeah, catty. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Citra can also have that. Yeah. People don't associate that the way they do with Simcoe. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's one of the most important things is, like, evaluation of your ingredients because, like, you know, you can get Nelson that has that like unctuous and like oniony thing to it, and that's not like oh shit, this Nelson is a wash. That mm-hmm. just those are the most volatile of your oils. So now it's a whirlpool hop, mm-hmm. and that's going to mm-hmm. get rid of that. That's yeah, gonna it's going to drive it off. off. Yeah. But a dry hop, like no, don't don't do that because that's what you're going to end you're up not tasting. Drive yeah. It, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Not yeah. That's drive what off. that's the first thing that they're going to smell once that CO two form forms up. Mm-hmm. So like <clears throat> it's still usable. Hop evaluation or just evaluation of all your ingredients is important to like constantly be evaluating because like if you like oh I know what Amarillo smells like, n- you have an idea of what Amarillo generally smells like, but it's going to be different. Like if you just assume you know what something is like. <clears throat> you know, you're and don't like evaluate it before you make a beer with it. Like you're gonna end up being surprised sometime when like, whoa, why does this one mm-hmm. suck? Because this is usually yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I, regionally too, discussing that. You know, um, with with recent uh, law changes with Cuomo, and uh, you know, uh, trying to encourage the growth of the craft beer industry and, and allowing hop farmers to grow. You know, to, to give them incentives in New York State. Um, you know, you see a lot of these hop farms growing, you know, classic 
hop varieties, Cascade being one of them, Centennial. And the Cascade you get from upstate is not the Cascade you get from other hop providers. Oh, sure. So, you know, it, it's, it's, and again, I think that's great. Yeah. Like you said, if you're, if you're of the, you know, uh, of the mind to evaluate your ingredients, then it's exciting because you're going to get a different hop every single time. And, and I, that just adds to variety. And I, I do honestly believe that your, <clears throat> your average craft beer consumer is starting to reach a point where education has, especially in places like New York, where there's so much craft beer. I mean, you know, there's still a ton of misconceptions out there. I still see people saying they don't trust cans and stuff like that. Oh, God. And like, but at the same time, they are more willing to accept variants from batch to batch. Mm-hmm. Uh, understanding like, you know, like I think that's kind of changed with like Brett and Spontaneous and uh, Sour Beers. Yeah as that's kind of been more popularized i think like you know in the in the when i worked in the culinary industry i was a big fan of eat it where it lives okay and like i know that louisiana oysters are markedly different from like blue point oysters right and i i like them i like them both like i don't like you know i'm not gonna say i guess if anything i'm more partial to you know hometown but uh they both have, you know, their uses, and, and, and I, I, I would like them used different ways for different things. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, like, I, when I go to a place, I want to taste what New York Cascade tastes like. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? And any, like, you can see where stuff is grown. Like, you look at, like, Southern Hemisphere hops. You look at, like, Galaxy. You look at Motueka. You look at Waiiti. And... They all are very different and interesting, but they all have this kind of like common fruity thing, mm-hmm. just like the noble hops. Like stuff, kind of all has a similar. Yeah, they they thread. stay within their their yeah. um their sort of uh their ranges. <laughs> what are you pulling out? What would you suggest we start with out of this lovely four pack that you've brought us? Uh, third, third anniversary list. Right. Third anniversary. Third anniversary's got to be nightcap. Okay. Because I mean, so when I say that, I mean, Sean, I'm gonna pass it on your floor. Uh, <laughs> would you do that okay, even? Dude. I got would you do that even after the sleep. stout or the stout last? <clears throat> With that? Would you do that even after the stout or do the stout last still? Stout last. Okay. Stout last. Um. Um. If I've had some double IPAs that are just so abrasive, it's like uh, you know, it's a palate. No, it, you know, to be honest, I like a lot of our beers after a couple weeks in cans, mm-hmm. uh, like. The the youngest thing that's on there is that double mosaic dreams, okay. but it's it's drinking like a pro. So, but to be honest, a lot of our stuff because of the amount of hops we use, I find like I like to hang on to stuff for almost two weeks before I drink it. Mm-hmm. So do you, I'm the same way. It's, even with IPAs, granted, fresher fresher is 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 better. But I I try to give it a two week lag period after we package it. Yeah, because there's a little bit of shock, and you know, like there's also just like it can get grassy on you. Uh, if I had to pick one, I'm gonna go. Moteca or um, I think Motueka Mosaic. That Momo is delicious. The <laughs> oldest thing on there is the Double Dry Hop Space Diamonds, but it's still drinking like a pro. I had one yesterday. That's amazing. Oh, it dude, looks phenomenal. We, you know how much we have to fight to keep that haze in there because we have a centrifuge. You do. Yeah, we have a centrifuge. Our beers can be <clears> clearer, <throat> but haze is. Like is the new clarity. Yeah, it people, is the new clarity. People, people love haze, so like I could be running the centrifuge. Uh, I was running, I was running the centrifuge a couple weeks ago, uh, doing a beer that we actually did as a collaboration with Industrial Arts called Nummy Nug Nugs, and that thing was running at a decent turbidity, 
And Sam walks up, he looks at it, he goes, can it get hazier? I'm like, yeah. He goes, <laughs> and he goes, make it happen. Like, yeah. it's so funny. Like, it's, it, it's the only place that I could ever imagine working where someone's going to be like, hey, man, this is really hazy. Good job. Good job. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I saw a, a homebrewer post on one of the homebrew forums on Facebook and his, his Northeast IPA, and it looked like milk. It was mm-hmm. so hazy. What I what I love that you know <coughs> we didn't have until other half came along. Um, maybe the only other beer before uh, other half uh, where people were trading for beers in from from New York City was maybe Brooklyn Black Ops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than that, I really can't think of one. Um, now you know other half is open, and you know they're known worldwide. They were the tenth best brewery in the world this year uh, per rate beer. And they're 20 minutes from our house. We did yeah. fantastic. It's, it's fucking fantastic. We didn't yeah. know that was coming either. Like, wow. like Sam and them were like, Tony was uh, was with them on the trip, and he was just like, yeah, I was like planning to call an Uber and get out of there. And all of a sudden, they called our neighbor. We had to go up there. We're like, Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> it this is, is absolutely delicious. Yeah, this is one great. of the ones I have not um, So the question you were uh, asking before, like uh, the growth, like um, – yeah, Give me no, a little Pat, more clarity on it. Yeah, well, Pat Pat rudely interrupted with uh, I'm sorry. how he's... No, it's fine. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I, uh, uh, no, and, and, you know, again, it, it's actually a, a perfect segue to what Pat was saying with, with Other Half being the 10th in the world, you know, per rate beer. Um, and and that's... I mean, Other Half opened, what, two years ago? No, three, three years, years ago. We're about three to have a third anniversary party on Sunday. <clears throat> so, three, three years ago... Or Saturday. Three years, and in three years, being considered the tenth best brewery in the world—that is a <laughs> fast-growing brand. It's insane. And again, you know, it, it's—it's. You could look at it a number of different ways. You could be a fanboy, and you'd be like, "Oh my god, another half is amazing." And you could look at it, you know, from how I'm looking at it, with what the hell are you guys doing right? Because I mean, I know you're doing amazing things. The, the beer tastes great. The 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 IPAs are stellar. Um, your collaborations uh, seem to pick up a lot of traction um you guys cover a gamut of styles and you know other breweries are doing it but but what's other half doing right that that makes them 10th in the world i think we are i think it's a few things a it's it it probably starts i'm just gonna oh man am i just gonna rock cliches uh, i feel like I'm please gonna, do so it's fine do it. it's okay do it. we're, we're five so years i think now. it does i think it does start with the people uh just because like Everybody who works there is like all about it, and mm. you kind of have to be because like it's it's hard because we're growing at a rate that's faster than we can than we can really get the amount of people that we need yeah into place. So like it does mean long hours. It does mean hard work, but also it's just it comes down to philosophy, man. Like Sam is like. Those those guys are great, but like Sam, like I, I legitimately like he I I guess when I started other half I kinda wanted to see what this I was expecting there to be more of a secret sauce. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like I was like I was, I was kinda like going in there like I wanna learn what they're doing. And really it <laughs> just seems magic. like it seems like re- <laughs> even though even though they uh still employ me, it mainly seems like really competent people paying attention is the most important thing and a certain thoughtfulness about what you're making but i also think it boils down to like um a certain sense of one of the things that made them kind of jump on the scene and get noticed was that like we make 
bunch of big, crazy, hoppy, stupid IPAs. Mm -hmm. And that was like the next big craze. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of got to be in the forefront of that. And, you know, you said we do a, a variety of styles and truth be told, we'd like to do even more. And our, like I said, we've got a barrel facility. We have a bunch of stuff in the work. Like we released 15 different Imperial Stouts this past year. Yeah, that's awesome. We, we released like, I think, that's it was great. like, I think it was like something like 54 unique canned beers over the course of the year. So we get to do like a ton of style variants and we'd like to do a lot more than what we're currently doing. Mm -hmm. But it boils down to tank space and like we still have to have the thing that we're known for because that's what lets us do the other stuff. Because mm -hmm. when we make ESB, I like our ESB. Have you you guys have made ESB? I've never seen that. I know that. because we we get to we have to make three fucking IPAs to hide the yeah, fact yeah, that yeah. we were like, hey, we made a classic style too, bitch. <laughs> you know, like we I want to. I have to sneak that. it in there. Yeah, that's amazing. It's pretty good, man. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, when we do a Kolsch. <clears throat> We still we have to hide it. Like yeah. we have to we have. Well, the culture like, is the boogie board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that. I still find it to be a hoppier version of a of a of a traditional culture. Well, yeah, we got we yeah. we have a, a style. Yeah, you will. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there's a ton. Like, man, uh, Sam is a lot of fun because that dude treats hops like he's playing fantasy football. Like he's on he's on the spot that's by awesome. market, just like organizing <coughs> trades. That's like, awesome hunting down stuff and like it's good that he has the amount of time that he needs that now that he has staff to do things you know mm -hmm. where he's not on the brew deck every damn day it's good that he has the time to do stuff because a it lets us play with new and fun stuff but man that looks fun i'm yeah. jealous of that job like i, I just yeah. want to like buy and trade hops that looks so much fun to yeah. me like if he's he, yeah i, I that's it that's the only thing I can compare it to is just like someone who's like really into fantasy football who's yeah. just like just like wheeling and dealing how'd you do in fantasy again I think you knocked me out I did ah oh, you son of a <laughs> bitch <laughs> I, I got I got second uh man I was I was I was a fraud that whole season <laughs> my you know, I should have traded you Marshawn Lynch when you wanted I, you should have <laughs> I was so he's, pissed he's off my, that Marshawn I did. Lynch is my favorite football player ever and <laughs> I, I, love I, I heard he was about to make a comeback which he didn't end up doing no. and I was but I, as soon as I heard it too I picked them up and literally the day that the the news broke I picked up Marshawn Lynch and like an hour later Bobby's like can I have Marshawn Lynch? <laughs> and I'm like, well, let me see. Why didn't you trade him? I'm an idiot. Dude, you, you, you should, idiot. If you had held out for like a week, I would probably give you like Ezekiel. That's, that's what I was doing, yeah. <laughs> I was such a fraud though because my team was so bad. Like I had two good players and everybody else was terrible. I was a waiver wire ninja. Well, so, listen, I've done that. I've done that in the past. That's the way to do it, man. Yeah, like I, I, got, I got lucky on a few breaks on the waiver wire, but yeah. And and the the league we're talking about is the uh, Bruminaries Fantasy Football League. So, and uh, Bobby knocked me out in the playoffs, and you know whatever, you yeah, know that's fine. got my ass handed to me by Alex Caleb. I think he doubled up the score on me. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I can't be so upset. You brought a ton of beer today, so yeah. it's always yeah, doubling up. Oh yeah. Listen, yeah. At, at least you know midway through you're not winning. Well, that is the worst. I mean, when you're playing yeah. fantasy sports, the worst is losing by by a hair. Like, oh, yeah. No, you I wanna... lost a game earlier this season by I mean, point two points, and I wanted to. Blow my brains out. Yeah, I want to know in this league next year. Yeah, it's how it much was is fun. It? it was twenty bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's up that. Let's do fifty. No, well, right. well, I have to re up my membership on the Bruminaries. I got kicked oh, out of the Slack I'll channel. We're, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> I'm re upped. Oh, we're gonna, Did you? Yeah. We're gonna call it the one percent league. Must have been Danny 
Warbucks under $50. Um, yeah, no, that that's that's. I, I think I think you nailed it, and and I think you know what in regards to the the other half and, and its success, and I think a lot of it has to do with vision. You know, you have the right vision, and and you have the right people behind executing it. Um, that translates to something. And I used a lot of words, and you used one word, and it was better. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my job, Bobby. Vi- vi- what can vi- I say? Vision is probably the way to go with it because I really did when I started working there expect there to be more of a secret sauce. Yeah. I really did, and then I think it took about two months for me to realize it was like, no, it's just mo- really competent motherfuckers paying attention yeah. to their job and caring about what they do, it's, and that's a good starting point. Yeah, and, and the, the thing with vision that I always respect is this, seeing where you want to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like seeing where you want to be and ending up there, and it seems as though that's been other half's success. It's like they have a plan. You know, uh, 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 you guys know you know how to execute it, get to where you want to be, and you know, again, people people love the brand. So, and and where, listen, I'm proud as a New Yorker to have um, other half. What a ten minute drive from us. It's about fifteen twenty. Traffic to there in ten. Yeah, it's probably about twenty. There's traffic in Gowanus. Never. Are we in Gowanus? I'm so bad. You at are. New York. I'm so you bad are, at New York neighborhoods. You are right on that border. You're, in, I think, technically you're in Cowell Gardens, but you are on the border yeah, of Gowanus and Red Hook. Like yeah. it's right, all right there. That's I can't. Like, I can't. It's like well, they're walking distance from Six Point, which yeah. is in Red Hook. Yeah. Folksby is around there too. And you know? Gowanus. Yeah, is, they're, they're right around the corner. Yeah, yeah. they're probably Carroll Gardens. They are I mean, Carroll Gardens. Yeah. No, no, they, technically they are, but it's, they're right on the border of two different neighborhoods. Yeah. They're, they're on like a triangle right there. Yeah. I just want to say how awesome this sticker is, and the majority of the, the stickers are. It's one of my favorite things that we do uh, with like our branding is that like we don't. None of our shit is really overstated. And if no, there it's is very. A, if there's an overstated part of the label, it's never like the names mm-hmm. and shit. It's always like it's either the names of the hops, or it's like some ridiculous thing we want to throw on there, like. The Arizona Wilderness collab, City mm-hmm. Slickers, where it's kind of a cactus City slipping you off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. You notice that that middle cactus finger is a little taller than the yeah, rest yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Little secret, little Easter eggs. Yeah. That and the bottom of our cans are usually Easter eggs too. We usually throw a little. Well, I mean, we always throw a message down there. Sometimes it's just dumb because we couldn't think of anything. But sometimes throw some really mo. Throw, throw some mo. Awesome. Now mosaic and mo tuenko. Yeah. Mo. Yeah. We um we were talking earlier about canning. And we we were looking at a can that had a wrap on it. Motherfucking and you were explaining so <laughs> so so the wraps are horrible. Yeah. So so for and I'm actually glad he said that. No. And, and Vinny's okay. a big um big supporter of stickers. Yes. And um for for those of you listening, um, mobile canning is you know a very popular way of getting your product into market. Do you guys still mobile can? We do right now. We okay. we have our own canning line on the way. It's part of our expansion mm-hmm. at the uh, at the brewery location. Yep. Um, there there will we will have our own packaging hall. Like, you know, say what people will about our lines. We actually do want to move away from that. Like people are like, oh man, the reason we do the can releases the way we do is because we can only get the canning dudes to show up on certain days to so yeah. release on the weekends. <clears throat> mm-hmm. We have our own canning line. We want cans to be available all at all times. Someone comes in and grab a four pack and go. You don't dictate whether or not you're gonna have a line. I mean, that's not on. Uh, it's really. really. I mean, I know, but when people talk shit about us, it's usually about our lines. Yeah, <laughs> but there's nothing you can do about <laughs> that. The other the other option is that you, what are you, gonna you do? don't tell anyone that it's going on sale, and then. It'll get out anyway, 
and then you can have a line regardless. I mean, dude, I I get it, man. Like I, you know, like I I would not love to be at the tail end of that line. Like some of those, some of the, I mean, dude, we have some really killer fans who are like willing to like like some sometimes they start lining up at like four thirty in the morning. Like it's crazy. These motherfuckers are legit. Yeah. When we did our Trillium collab. Like, oh. I left work on Friday night. And there people out there already? Uh, yeah, I left work at Friday night at, like, 11 o'clock, and there were, like, 10 people already lined wow. up. And I was like, I don't want to do that because, like, I don't think our neighbors love it. Uh, <laughs> I see the notes. Uh, don't drink, you know, yeah, be yeah. respectful. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, uh, but no, it is something that we want to move away from. Like, I would, I think everybody at the brewery would be much happier. I know it's definitely part of the plan that, like, you know, like, instead of just canning on Thursdays and Fridays like we're doing now where like we we want to be able to can on Mondays and Tuesdays and then those cans are for sale that night you mm-hmm. know and you just come to the tap room at any time and then you know we'll probably still have like collaborations with with people where they you know like they want to do like a big release party or some shit like that that like that might still happen mm-hmm. but like it's definitely something we want to move away from, and once we get out of the mobile canning game, that's something we'll be able to do. We just haven't had the space for it, to be honest. So I, I quickly wanted to <clears throat> go back to the thing we were actually fucking talking about. Well, no, just just <laughs> the just, cans. Well, well, not even that. It's just explaining to, to um, listeners that aren't aware. Mobile canning is is there's a service that yes. if you can't package your bottles or, or cans um, on site, you don't have the space. Um, there are mobile canning companies that will drive a canning uh, a line to your brewery and will can there and and a lot of New York City breweries now are, are using that service as a way to get their product which we'll be doing we use, yeah, we we will use be Ironheart and those guys are fucking awesome at their but and, I, and I've spoke to those guys and they've been super uh, you know um, willing to help us so we'll, we'll see what, what service we're using when we're at that stage but yeah canning is the way to go you know it's a no brainer uh, bottles. It, it just boils down to what you're packaging, you know. So there are certain things that like you want to see in bottles. Uh, you know, certain that typically is just going to mean anything that you're trying to condition or anything of a certain pH. Because a big question is the liner of the cans, how that handles lower pH beers. Mm-hmm. If it's something like a kettle sour. You're probably all right, unless it's like a super aggressive, like 3.2 kettle sour. But who mm-hmm. wants to drink that? Uh, that defeats the purpose of doing a kettle sour. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think really it's just gonna like you know, I just don't understand the idea of like I don't trust cans. It's like, all right, well, it, it's it's a really easy fix. You you look at what the main enemies of packaged beer are, which one fixes more issues. Hands the move, man. Yeah, yeah it, it solves every problem. Even brown bottles aren't completely, you know, uh, they don't protect completely no. from light. You can leave, you leave that out in the sun, it's going to get skunked. Yeah. You, I, I you, also have, you also have issue, issues with oxygen ingress. Yeah, like, with Over cats. time, as the carbonation uh, stops pushing up against it, yep. you start letting in oxygen. Like, mm-hmm. But, like, if it's a bottle-conditioned beer and you want it to change, you can't really do that in a can. Yeah. So, like, it's, like, you know, every packaging has its pros and cons. Purpose, but yeah. for the kind of beers we do and the kind of beers, a lot of the short turnover beers that a lot of breweries are doing, cans are the superior packaging by a significant margin. The, the only can that I've seen, I mean, besides a, an IPA that I think that you that I've seen in cans from you guys, is uh, 
I think he did the short, dark, and wired in a can. Was that in a can or was that in a bottle? Uh, it was in a can. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think that's the only one I've seen from you guys. I could be wrong. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did we did we did short darker wire in a can. Um Was oil slicks in a can? Oil slicks was in a can. Okay. Alright. That's a oh, great beer. Fucking oil slicks. I love that beer. I don't know if you like it or not. Oh, I, I love that like beer. I, I still have one can left from that run. Alright. Man, I was that's one of the things I do love is that like uh, uh, uh about that that place. We have a schedule, but that schedule is fluid. So if something's not the way it should be, it doesn't go out the door. Mm-hmm. You you quickly realize that like the way the craft beer consumer works nowadays, the stuff you put in packaging, that's the most important thing because it's 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 literally like a little like mobile advertisement. You mm-hmm. know, we we talk about the um, we talk about how. Your average craft beer consumer goes into a bar and like uh, what was it? Josh Bernstein calls it like promiscuous. Oh, my yeah. did you did you listen to the entire Robert? Epp I listened. Episode? I listened to part of it and <laughs> then and then I turned. No, my, wait, uh, hold on, because that's like you're talking about the same thing. Yeah, oh, no, okay. oh, but but the reason why is that's like my uh, for um, for people who've watched Pee Wee's Playhouse that that secret word. When I hear promiscuous drinker, I want to go nuts. That's a secret word? Because this is my favorite, favorite description. I use that. You have no clue how often I use that description to explain beer drinkers to Staten Islanders. I listened listened to part of it, and then I turned on uh, my Wortway pump. Uh, (laughs) I mean, not my Wortway, my kettle pump. And that that fucker needs the bearings changed, and it's so loud that I just (laughs) couldn't hear anymore, and I stopped listening. It's great, because that's that's the second... That's the... the, I hope everyone brings up promiscuous beer drinkers and cites Joshua Bernstein every there, episode. There should be some fun game for doing it. Like, yeah, that'd be, be great. Like, that way, if, if they come into it not knowing, like, you just, I don't know, yeah. confetti and fucking balloons. <laughs> just, just pull uh, a string. Yeah. But go ahead, go ahead. Um, but yeah, no, like, in when beers are on draft, people will, like, you go to a craft beer bar, you don't have that, like, brand loyalty anymore where people... People treat it like going to an ice cream shop. They want to taste the. They want to taste all the flavors, you know. Mm-hmm. Like so, they're gonna get short pours of stuff, and they're gonna drink. If they have five beers, they might drink two of one beer, but they're not. All five aren't gonna be the same no, beer. Like no. it's not like, hey, let's. Uh, let's I'll have, double back. Yeah, but I but I rarely <laughs> drink the same thing. You know, I think this is a good case example for any bar owners listening. When you have people just resonating the same sort of. Uh, ideology which is people like to drink different stuff you know maybe incorporate that into into your your business strategy maybe you know switch things up in your bars it's been very successful for bars like uh the craft house like adobe blues right you know switching things up and that 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 has has um had very uh you know, favorable results for them. Oh, and, absolutely. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully, more people do that because it's can't go wrong. What do you want to say, Pat? You're talking about this beer here. Yeah. Uh, so this is a Space Diamonds. Uh, I haven't had this one before, but this is again. I'm assuming it's all all Galaxy. Yes. This, no, almost all Galaxy. Okay. This, this literally tastes like, in the best possible way, I mean this. Uh, I mean this in the best possible way. Uh, like a bag of Galaxy Hops. <laughs> <laughs> like a bag of cheat codes. It's oh, fantastic. there's. It's really delicious. There, well, this it, is really it's, good. It's a shame because yeah. it could it, it should taste like uh it should taste like multiple bags of Galaxy Hops. Well, that's what, what I mean. It's 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 you know a, a fifty-five am, pound bag of Galaxy. Actually, hops. if you look at the 
glass pat. It is a glass of hops. Uh, oh, you didn't yeah, realize yeah. it is actually yeah. just oh, green. It's actually green. It's green. It, and this is actually yeah. a fairly old beer. I think we packaged this in like beginning of January. Like this is it's very good for this us. Is really good for us. Like something that's like a month and a half old is like an endangered species. Yeah, oh, that's, that's delicious. Well, yeah, I, I'm sure in both the the time frame you want to sell it and also it's sold out probably within a month yeah. and a half. Um, what were we talking about about the the rat cans? We we, we got off that. Nah, it's, oh, it, it, it I was just I, it happened. He, he showed me a wrap can. Amaze balls was wrapped. Yes, he showed me the wrap the wrapped can, and I was n- remarking on how much I like the label because that label is fucking. Sick. It is awesome. Um, yeah. it's like clouds and yeah, pink and yeah, and it's it, it's it's eye catching. Yes, and uh, you have the black for the contrast mm-hmm. as like the fine print on it. It's a cool can. It's pretty. Um, I. I don't know how much of an issue it is here, but if you have a hot brewery, and I used to be at a, a brewery in the south, and it was not air conditioned, and those labels get very tacky, and they don't want to come off your depalatizer right. Really? So, and it's it's an issue that several people down there I know have had. Because mm-hmm. uh, of the material? Yeah, it uh, the wraps are great. However, wrapped cans it's 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 an ongoing issues for people who have hot breweries or hot storage for their cans because mm. that's that's another major thing. Like when you buy cans, the way distributors work, um, you actually have to buy it uh, by a large quantity now. I, some of them are making it where like it has to be an eighteen wheeler truckload. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that's. <clears throat> That's when I was uh, when I was talking to Ironheart. Um, they were giving us minimums on certain orders, wraps, cans. Super ends. They were saying cans, and I know you guys or you have your own custom Green Diamonds cans. Those aren't wrapped, right? No, we we have those are wrapped. We have no, are they no, really? we have, no those uh, are, those those are, are all... we have uh, Green Diamonds IPA Forever Ever and yes, Hot Showers right. are yeah, all yeah. printed. And and you have, and to, have to buy, buy those. By the yeah, <laughs> that's that's what they said. And so well, they actually, they have all delicious beers. So and we, yeah. and we have to them. store them. So no, yeah, well, their literal, the their literal uh, estimate on that was when asking them, they're like, "Oh yeah, in order to get custom cans, you have to buy a fucking truckload." Which and, I think is like eighteen grand usually. Like but if you have a warehouse for them, I mean, whatever. I would just I, Scrooge McDuck the shit out of those cans, a just whole dive right into it. Full of cans. Yeah, it's it's a ton yeah. of cans, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Speaking of hop shows, real quick. I, I that's I love that beer. It, I wish it was out. I mean, I know you guys are brewing everything so often, but I just wish that was I, we out just more we just canned some I yesterday. I would have brought some. No. <laughs> Damn it, Pat. My, yeah, and well, I, I said I, I like to give stuff a couple weeks before I I, I like to drink it. Yeah. So I didn't bring it because it was brand new, and I made a mis- I I made an exception for the double mosaic dreams because it's just it's drinking like a champ already, mm-hmm. but. I, I that's the only reason I didn't bring it. Otherwise, I totally would have brought some. My uh, my my uh, my my wife's cousin uh, Tom. Uh, I don't know if you listen to this or not. Hi Tom. Hi Tom. If you're listening, uh, he uh, he's mostly one of those Corona bud guys. Whatever, mostly Coronas. He's from Jersey, and uh, yeah, he's he's you know he likes it, but he'll he'll experiment here and there, and he likes drinking the beer that we make and things like that. But he fucking loves hop showers. I don't know why, yeah, but so he can't. I mean, I, I mean, I know why. I know it's delicious. Yeah. But why does he, in particular, like that beer so much? I don't know. 
But he does. He I, fucking I, loves it. I don't know. I I uh, I have members of my family who I've sent beer who won't touch IPAs, mm-hmm. but will make exceptions for certain beers. Like, my uncle thinks all green everything is the most delicious thing out there. It is very delicious. And the only thing that he'll drink is ambers. That's all he drinks, wow. and he loves that beer. <laughs> I, 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 it could be that it's like 10%. So. Yeah, well, that, that's true. <laughs> that is, there is a beer. There's a sect of I think of I just beer. called my uncle an alcoholic. <laughs> there is a Hi, group. Wayne. Doesn't everyone have an alcoholic uncle, though? Uh, there, there's a group of beer drinkers that will only order on ABV. And you see it in that's the craft true. house. That is true. They come down and they're like, what's the strongest beer you have? They don't give a crap about what style <laughs> it is. As long as it's above 10%, they're, yeah, they're ordering it. They're the, ex- the extreme beer crowd. Yeah, there was a they, whole festival this weekend in Boston. For that group? For that group, it's called the Extreme Beer Fest. Did you you guys have done that? We're there. Oh, you're there this weekend. Yeah. All right. We're fucking everywhere, yeah. dude. We're, we're we're doing an event in like Iceland. We're doing That's an event awesome. in like Japan. Now, do you get to go any of those places? Uh, I haven't yet, but I'm still like fairly. I've been there what, like six months. I'm like yeah. fairly new at the company. Uh, but yes, they 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 do take people like and like I when they said they were taking one of the other brewers to uh. To Iceland, I was I was pissed, so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't do much in the range in the, like the way of jealousy, but Iceland's mm-hmm. been on my list for like a while. Yeah, it's and supposed to be beautiful. Well, Iceland on the company dime is like the sexiest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the whole pu- purpose of uh, Killsborough is is so that eventually we can do collaborations and I can travel the world. Well, that's yeah, that's what I'm doing. I want to I want to lend money for it. So. No, yeah, yeah, that also. <laughs> Yes, well, it's your, it's a Staten Island brewery, yeah. so laundering money oh, through is, is is appropriate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you know what's great? Uh, Just joking, TTB. I'm really yeah. This, this is this uh, is we we yeah. It's I have a job. Yeah, I this be is TTB NSA. Uh, this is a joke, but um, <laughs> this is so. What's interesting is is uh, in the when I was talking to Robert uh, in the last episode, we were talking about you know drinking. Um, during podcasts, and he's like, you know, I've learned to kind of mediate it a bit, and I kind of see why because oh, I'm in my I fifth haven't. beer. I'm, 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 <laughs> yeah, I'm getting it. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely getting there, uh, which is great. Food, yeah. Order a pizza. He, he's on seamless right now, ordering a <laughs> from Paul. He's down a block. Taco Azteca. I'll run there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Let me tell you guys what I think about Trump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's 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 the beers have been. Excellent. Thanks, man, for, for, for what you run. Thank you for having me. Oh, seriously. And, and we have beer. We still have beer left. We no? have two more beers left. Oh, God. Three. No, three. Three, three more. All right. And they only go up in alcohol. Yeah, yeah. screw it. Oh, it's going to get bad. Right. Screw well, it. I was just saying how this beer is uh, so fucking good. It's uh, the other half, the old Mosaic Dream. I had this beer. I think that you just made it for the first time last year. I think it was my favorite beer of the year. This is a uh, 2017 uh, version, just canned. Right? Yeah. Yesterday, couple yesterday. Of days. Wow. Amazing. It's so fucking delicious. Yeah, that's a, it's, a, it's actually from our new mosaic crop. I will say this. Um, I feel like most every beer, like, I, I love single hop beers, but I feel like even something like Galaxy, which we called a cheater hop earlier, mm-hmm. um, it needs, like, every great singer is great. Backup vocals are pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Like and like, you know, we talked about something like Atom, and Atom's not the star of the show, but yeah. it can easily be relegated to a backup singer. So if you're making like a single hot beer, 
making autonom your five minute edition if you're trying to put like something like floral or something like that mm-hmm. like put a little bit of extra oomph to you know dry hop entirely with whatever your single hop is but that that like that five minute of edition of something like autonom cascade just something that highlights what's already good about the hop you're trying to highlight mm-hmm. i think that is a great task for that and this mosaic is maybe one of the only hops i think can really truly shine just all by itself i i you know it's funny when i first started brewing with mosaic i thought galaxy also is one of those oh galaxy's hands down and what's funny about galaxy is it doesn't there's so much character to it it doesn't seem like it's by itself but it makes sense when you say oh this is an all galaxy hop but i will say this much with mosaic Try backing it up with a little Amarillo at five minutes. Oh yeah, I, th- right. I, th- I think you'll be pretty happy. Okay, oh, with Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. do you Amarillo is your five minute edition, and then just Galaxy Whirlpool, Galaxy Dry Hop, you'll be like motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's that secret sauce you're talking about. Um, but I, I always felt like Mosaic was that great backup singer until I had this um, Brett IPA by Brett Taylor. At Brooklyn Wart, maybe two years ago. I don't know. Oh, it was the Brooklyn Wart that, that you were in with, with um, I think, Paul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Eric. Yeah. And that that sold me on Mosaic for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like, as a principal hop. Because the way it played with that funk and phenolic character from the Brett was just so good. And, I, and my respect for Mosaic just, just skyrocketed after that. It's... It's absurd how versatile that particular hop is. Really, I mean, it really for is. something that has that high of an oil content. Mm-hmm. Like usually, oil content is something you should be concerning yourself with because if you're putting something that has like a, it, it's like 0.8 milliliters per hundred grams into something like Galaxy that's like flirting with. 1.8 milliliters per 100 grams like that galaxy is going to run roughshod over that motherfucker because of the higher oil content Mm -hmm. and you're barely going to taste it so it has to be relegated to like a backup singer role unless you want to just completely out number one with the other mosaic is so user friendly it seems to play well with just about everything and still let other stuff shine through when it wants to but in the off chance that you don't want to let it sh- uh, play through just back it up with more mosaic it's very happy to pre-record his vocals and lay it in the background <laughs> we great, uh great analogy our red ipa that we make uh which i love and i wish we could have that on all the time but uh i think i'm being outvoted Anyway, the uh, a little bit. <laughs> I make a great uh, IP, uh, red IPA, and I, I'm with you. Red IPA is underrated. Absolutely. And what I love, what I, what I am trying to convince the the powers that be, the powers that be, is that <laughs> listen, every brewery on the West Coast, literally every brewery has a red IPA. I mean, they all do, and they're all delicious. Why can't and I know there's a couple of breweries that make one. I I, I know Finback makes a red IPA, red uh, water on Mars, which is delicious. Um, there's a, it's a better name than mine. That's a great name. Uh, <laughs> ours really is good name. Ours is Blood and Thunder. It's named after a Mastodon song, who I love. But anyway, yeah, every, I was gonna every, say that's like some World of Warcraft shit. That's a Mastodon. Every, every metal 
inspired. Yeah, that'll be me. Yeah, that's that's that'll Pat. just be all my. Yeah. I want to name our black black IPA corpse paint. They won't <laughs> Which let me do we this. Refuse. Yeah! <laughs> we, we refuse. <laughs> <laughs> we refuse. To... Hey, 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 hey! Uh, don't don't you listen to him? What's one of the most popular beers out there? A brown note. Um, zombie dust. How is that? <laughs> yeah. right. How is that corpse paint any worse than zombie <laughs> Thank dust? Thank you. Uh, so the red eye peel do you Pat thank you so the red eye peel make uses mosaic it's it's not it's uh I think it's a late edition it's one of the hops in there I think there's like four or five hops I forget but it's uh I love what it does I love that it, even in that malty kind of atmosphere it's you can still taste it you literally can yeah. taste mosaic out of you know the other four or yeah. five hops there's that little thing that, that in the back of the throat that I want to wake up to mosaic and, and frequently I do like I go into work at like five <laughs> in the morning and it's just like mosaic in my face <laughs> um, but that would, we should we should talk about that how his what his brew day is like yeah, if, sure. if, if, yeah. if you want to talk about it sure yeah I, find, I, find, I would find that Go interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, no. Okay. I, of course, yeah. as the head brewer of Killsborough, you yeah. should find that interesting. Okay. <laughs> so, Bobby, what is my life in for? Um, I, I, what, what, you have a three-vessel system or a two-vessel? Currently, we have a two. We, okay. We have a, we have a new system on the way. Uh, it is currently three, but we're thinking about adding four. Okay. Um <laughs> At our current location, the biggest thing we can fit is the fermenters we already have. So mm -hmm. we can only grow to a certain size. So our new system is going to be uh, 30 barrel. Okay. Um, uh, right now, we are at a point where we're literally producing at the maximum capacity for the size we have. So pretty much everything are triple brew days for us right wow. now. Um, How long of a day is that? So typically we split uh, split up between me and another brewer, mm -hmm. and uh, if everything goes right on the money, um, so you're you're talking a uh, it's an eighteen what about an eighteen hour day, so right? Doing, for for three batches. And the other the other thing to remember is, uh, well, I I said the other thing to remember because uh, I've been drinking. Um, <laughs> One of the major considerations that is hard to think about ahead of time, and then sometimes it's just a, a space constraint, is hot water. Yes. Like, when I say everything goes to plan, that's how the day goes. That we have, because we have a centrifuge and we share water with the seller, mm -hmm. if we didn't have to do that, those days could be even shorter, but sometimes you're waiting 20 minutes for hot water. So do you guys, I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh no. Do you guys have um, tankless or are you using a tank? We're using a tank. So we have okay. a hot liquor tank and gotcha. that sources all the hot water to the brewery side. Okay. Um, so we'll be using tankless heaters. Yeah. So we'll be getting... We have two tankless heaters that allow us to get... Um, are they feeding a hot liquor tank or are they just no they're they're on their own oh two in line two, yeah, in, two line, in line 180 on demand whatever we need okay all right yeah like you you, you could probably get away with that yeah uh it, but it, the, well, we uh, you're gonna have to add more heaters the moment you add something like uh like well you're probably not gonna add a centrifuge because where would you put it yeah exactly <laughs> that space is uh, the space <laughs> yeah no uh but like yeah like as you add things you'll probably have to add more heaters because that's like a 10 barrel mash if you do a, if you do a big boy beer mm -hmm. 
that's that's going that's going to tax that system. Yeah, we we um we do have plans for incorporating a custom HLT to fit to fit into um. Sorry. No, no, no. It's, it's really good. It's a really good beer. Um, <clears throat> to fit into some some additional space that we made available uh, for the brew house, but for the most part, hot water on demand is is the way to go. Well, at least for our system. So. Uh, it's a little different and, and, and took a lot of planning and, and strategizing, but we're confident it's going to work out. You had to talk me into it, actually. Yeah, well, Phil had to talk you into it. I mean... So when we first started doing this, it was... Um, uh, I wanted three vessels. And then they were like, well, we can't really fit three vessels, so we have to figure this out. But then I said, well, okay. I did some research, and I said, well, if we do get some tankless water heaters and run them in a row, uh, that'll be fine. Yeah, that's what we did. Well, yeah, see, that's great that you got your compromise because I want a steam system, but you know, <laughs> these motherfuckers steam. didn't want a steam system. Um, we didn't want a steam system? No, we did. It was just where are we putting a giant, yeah, no, a giant yeah. You know what it is? The problem with steam, and for those of you planning breweries, and I think all of you listening that are home brewers should be planning breweries, and you can figure out how difficult it is yes. to fucking do. Let's, let's make it so that we have. It's so much harder than you think it is. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but everything you think you've we thought, should turn New York City into Portland, Maine, and Portland, Oregon. Yeah, down the block, there should be a brewery on every corner, and yeah. because and, this place has the population, absolutely. Actually, and you know, the, the reality is, probably. listen, you know, it, it's, it's funny because when I when when you hear this sort of stuff online and, and other podcasts and, and forums, whatever else, people are like it's a lot of work. It almost seems discouraging, but that's not the point of saying that, right? No, it's no, to no, no. appeal to those who are willing to put the work in. So when I say when I sit here and I say it's a lot of work, it's just to say if you're not going to be 100 percent committed. Those of you that would be, you should really be doing it. Like, it's, and there are a lot of you out there in New York City that are talented brewers that would put in two hundred percent and and could open up a brewery. Look, I, I I work very hard, and I will say this: my my girlfriend, after some of these shifts that I work, she she looks at me sometimes and she's like, "Bad day." And I remember one time she asked me that, and I was like. Darling, I, I I came from an industry that I culinary is not too easy either. I didn't realize how burnt out I was on it until mm-hmm. I stopped doing it, and then I was like, oh shit, I never want to go back to that. <laughs> you um, find it harder than brewing? Oh, uh, I find it less enjoyable. Really? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, but I didn't I didn't know that until I stopped doing it. I didn't realize how much I kind of had started to hate my job. I wasn't like <laughs> I I wasn't aware of that until I but I was doing something different, but. You know, she'll look at me and she'll say, you know, like, bad day. And I'm like, oh, baby, I have long days and I have hard days, but I have not had one bad day since I started this career. That's awesome. I really haven't. Like, I love my job. And at any given point, if I just take the time to, like, stop and be like, oh, shit, I'm doing what I want to do. And I'm doing it at a great place. And I'm doing it with people that I really love working with. Like, I find myself where like I'm able to stop every day and just be like, oh my god, I just sound like a fucking Hallmark card. But like, uh, like I, I really do. Like I, I cliches for days. My 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 worst day has still not compared to like some of my time working in my prior career where I'm just like, nah, this is like 
till I quit doing stuff, this is what I want to do until I'm no longer doing things. So what were you doing for in the culinary? Were you a, were you a line cook? Were you a I chef? Start, I started as a line cook, but I uh, yeah, I eventually was a chef, and I was running a couple of different restaurants, wow. uh, and mostly on the, the higher-end side. Mm -hmm. And uh, fine dining is, is a grind. It's, Wait, were you doing that in New Orleans? Uh, I've done it in a few different places. I did it in New Orleans, and I did it in Detroit, um, and then back in New Orleans. And I figured that's what I was going to do when I moved up here. I moved up here because my girlfriend uh, had a job up here. Mm -hmm. And when I moved up, she moved up here ahead of me. And when I moved up here, I figured I was just going to get another another culinary job because, like, I go like I don't. There's, there's a lot of restaurants. Right? Well, not to toot my own horn, but I've got a halfway decent resume, mm -hmm. so it's like, yeah, just you know, I'll find something that'll be fine. Mm -hmm. It's New York. There's a lot of great restaurants there. Yeah. And then, um, and then beer. Well, literally, <laughs> I, I, I I walked. I when I uh, when I got here, the third I set up my homebrew setup. The third day I was here, I walked. So, in, oh, just not to throw up, but so you got started homebrewing in New York City? No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, no. I, 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 I was homebrewing in New Orleans. But gotcha. Okay. When I moved up here, my, my third day of being in the apartment, I, you know, gotten things most of set up. I got my homebrewing set up. I got my kegerator set up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I had a kegerator with five taps and everything was empty. So I went down to Bitter and Esther's and I met John LaPola. And we John. just. John's the best. Yeah. I just, love that man. We just hit it off real quickly. And he's like, are you. He, I mentioned that I was new, and he's like, "Are you looking for work?" And I'm like, <laughs> I, "I guess so." And then, yeah, and I worked with him. Before we, we need to talk about this beer for a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but this literally, to me, tastes like a uh, a West Coast IPA and a, a combo West Coast IPA and an East Coast IPA. Well, it's super hazy, like an East yes. Coast IPA too. But I'm getting a lot of West Coast flavors. Mm -hmm. Shit, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> this beer. Uh, we, we, we just got a cellarman um, who is transitioning. I, 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 no, I'll, I'll, he's, he's more of a brewer. How's this I'm going to make you call him a brewer on the podcast. Yeah, um, that works. Yeah, no, no. He's, 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 uh, he's a great guy. He, he worked at uh, Avery. Uh, he worked at Golden Road. He's, he's, he's legit. He's got, a, he's got himself a resume. Um, and he has been working, uh, slowly transitioning to the brewing side. And uh, this recipe broke his brain <laughs> because it was like he like he just couldn't like looking at the way our recipe was formatted. He's like, wait, where's the bittering hops? I'm like, yeah, no, there, there isn't any. And he's just like, he's like, why is there lactose? And I'm like, I know it's fucking, it's just a shit show. You put flour in this? It's a shit. I don't know um, also, I, I, I don't know if I'm betraying betraying any trade secrets, so I may totally get you to edit this out. Uh, I'm gonna send it to you before. What do you, What do you? What do you, uh, I just don't want to piss Sam off. Yeah, it yeah. is my job because <laughs> shit I said when I was drunk. Um, but like you know, hopping rates. You think of hopping rates. What? There's almost there's not as for ten percent. There's no way this tastes like a ten percent beer. Number one. No. There's no burn at all. There's a. And by the way, you start. You're starting to hear my New York accent. This this beer is uh, there's almost no bitterness. I mean, the IBUs on this, I can't even imagine. What it doesn't see see hops no, till the 15 it's, minute. Wow. Really? Yeah. 
It's bitter though, and not it's super bitter. Oh, it sees a lot of hops at fifteen minutes. We do ninety minute boils, and it doesn't see hops till fifteen minutes. Oh shit! And now the it's <laughs> hazy as fuck. Yeah, it could have been way less, but we didn't. Um, it it, li- it looks like a, a an East Coast IPA. It's a general seven percent East Coast. It actually tastes like a seven. Per- you could pass this off as a seven percent uh, Northeast IPA, hand easily. Sure. And you wouldn't, I you wouldn't even bat an eye, but it's ten percent, and it has some West Coast flavors in it too, and it's uh, it's delicious. It's been dry hopped three different times. We'll break even. Yeah, because like, you're, you're <laughs> and you're also lo- yeah you're losing money on the beer that's lost for the from the dry. Well, hopping, that's right? I mean that's the main that's why the centrifuge paid for itself in yeah, the yeah, short yeah, order yeah. of time. It, because when we're getting like six extra barrels out of it, it's paying for itself. But then you lose the haziness. So how do you? Count? Oh no, you don't. No. This doesn't been through a centrifuge. Oh wow! Yeah, he, he literally just said that when he said, "I would have loved to have seen this beer before." Now, yes. I, what you know, was it like before the centrifuge? Pudding. Now I will say one one thing I did agree with. One thing I I did agree with in our last. um, (laughs) So uh, the only reason this beer is this clear is because of the centrifuge. Yeah, that's crazy. So that is insane. I I do want to say one thing I agreed with 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 Robert in our last uh, uh, podcast is it's tough to talk about beer when the only sense listeners are are satisfying is they're listening. They can't see it and they can't taste it and they can't. All right. Think of, but think this of, is, this think, is of, uh, think of what matzo ball soup. Yeah. Uh, matzo ball soup is pineapple actually juice. Pine, a, oh, oh, that's pineapple a much juice. Much better descriptor. Yeah. Much better. Bobby, you suck pouring at descriptors. This, <laughs> pouring this, pouring this beer out. That's what I was. All the beers that we had today from other heads. Oh, I did that. Out the IPAs. Nice. It looked like pineapple juice straight out of the pineapple you know, juice. Good yeah. pineapple juice, not fucking dull pineapple yeah, juice. Yeah, like, yeah. like a quality pineapple juice. Yeah. This 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 beer is phenomenal. It it is. This beer is fantastic. Yeah. Very good. How many more do we have left? One. We're we down to one. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> I can't believe it. I told myself all the average of these uh, these episodes would be 45 minutes to an hour. This is an hour and 45 minutes so far. So, Bobby, we I gave we, you homework. Mm-hmm. We have one day a year yeah. on Staten Island where we still, we drinking. still have to get back to brew day, but let's do this. <laughs> That's right. We do. Uh, we did a... Uh, we have one year a day on Saturday where we start drinking really early. St. Patrick's Day, St. Patrick's Day Parade. Parties tend to start anywhere between 7 or 10 a.m. usually at people's houses. I ride in the St. Patrick's Day Parade in New Orleans. Okay, so you know the... I've been drinking at 6.30 yeah. in the morning okay. doing jello eggs shots eggs, at 6.30 baby. in the morning. Kegs and like, eggs. Yeah. So this is like kind of... Now, this is late, though. This is late for that, where uh, this we started, what, 11.30? 11.30, yeah. I mean, it's... It's actually it's, brunch. We started brunch. We started We're not brunch. alcoholics. No, 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 no. So no. It's, it's the, the, the sun's up. So back to the brew day. So uh, my biggest issue was uh, with the whole two-vessel system, with the cleaning, because we have no HLT to heat up the water. We currently have two vessels, so okay. yeah, it's, it's a biatch. Yeah, so uh, I'm hoping that our brew day will be, um, you know, as short as possible. I'm going to be doing it after work, you know, I'm going to be getting there, and on weekends, obviously. Uh, Phil will be brewing as well. Sean will be when he's not has a chance from not uh, you know selling beer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be tough. It's uh, it's it seems like it's a. Uh, we obviously won't be doing a 18 hour day, but I'm trying to. I want to get our systems in line, and our process in order, so that 
six, seven hours is a, basically a max. That's the, that's what I would be sure. ideal for a, sure for me. And 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 I think what's important is, uh, I think Sean said it best earlier is vision, because it is important. Like you can you should be with this. I've, I've seen your system. Yeah, it's it looks man, dude. That grant is sick. Yeah, I know. That grant Beautiful. is so fun. I like that grant. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like. Um, I think what's important is to have foresight and 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 the vision to to. It's the same thing, um, but <laughs> I think what's important is to think about. Look, you guys will sell the amount of beer that you're trying to make. You will, um, unless you're making bad beer. And frankly, I've had both of your beers. That's not really going to be a thing. So. Thank you're you, gonna se- you're gonna sell that. the amount of beer that you make. You're, I, I think very quickly within your first year, your issue is going to be not being able to make enough beer, not yeah. having the space to make enough beer. Mm-hmm. Like someone's gonna have to become full time pretty quickly, and then it's gonna be the foresight of how you schedule and how you plan. And how you plan for the pitfalls because a brewery is about as dynamic as a workplace gets like it's the same thing every day but it's also different every day like anything can throw you off you're waiting on hot water this pump's not running right Mm -hmm. like you have like there's so much variability in your day-to-day when your system's brand new and everything's running perfect and it's a fucking Candyland dream, mm-hmm. that's great. That shit's going to go away after six months. Really? Yeah. And so it really becomes how you adapt in the moment. Mm-hmm. And there's just a ton of variability. And moving towards that vision of like how you plan your day. So like you can, if you're making, all right, say... Uh, you're, you're fermenters or what? That's like 10 barrels? 10 barrels. Okay, so you guys are filling a fermenter with a single brew. No, no. We're going to be doing five. They're, they're two zoned, a okay. fermenter, so we're going to do... Yeah, it, it's so it is a single brew, but but <clears throat> um, our hot side is two zoned and our cold side is two zoned. So we can do five barrel batches and okay. ferment five barrels in 10 barrel fermenters. So say you guys are trying to save a little money on pitches and shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. So, you might brew two different beers in the same day and then finish those brews. And it's like, they're pale beers, and you know, IPAs, pale ales, whatever. Mm-hmm. Go one after the other. You don't have to clean the kettle between the two, but you can't rightly go from a stout to... Yeah. So, it all becomes about planning and organization, and that sounds easy... If you have a no, if you have a short amount of if yeah. you have if you have just what a few fermenters that's not a big issue, but as your fermenters increase, I'm that worried makes about it more difficult. I'm worried about scheduling as this. And then think so. about your yeast because yeah. you're really working to the schedule of the yeast. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to pull yeast off of other fermenters and stuff like that. And do you guys have a now? Do you guys have a lab? Do you test your yeast cell counts and all that stuff? Currently, no, but that is our, like, of our expansion plans, that is one of our top priorities. We've been lucky mm-hmm. to not have yeast issues, 
And part of that comes from our planning. Like we do an excellent job of like when we, use when we get a pitch, mm -hmm. you know, we, we make forever ever. We're mm -hmm. making sure that we're growing it up in a very hospitable environment. Yeah. When we make something like third anniversary, it's that yeast is going down the drain because yeah. there's no way that's going into something else. Gonna destroy it. What's that? Did we have the third anniversary? Yeah, that's yeah, what we were just drinking. Right oh, God. We're, <laughs> dude, we're in so much trouble. <laughs> this is, There's no way I'm finding my way back to Brooklyn. Holy shit. Um, this uh, is pretty warm right now. Yeah, that's, that's where it's supposed thing. to be. But, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> scheduling is important. It's Like I said, it's a dynamic workplace. Race and home. <laughs> the only good reason to have a plan while working in a brewery is it will help you better evaluate when shit went wrong. Like, yeah, it makes sense. I, I, one thing, there are two things that I realized, and again, on a pilot basis, when it comes to brewing, that is the most important, right? Recipes can be figured out, processes can be nailed down, but you have to do one or two, or two things perfectly, and that's cleaning, obviously sanitation, and troubleshooting, crisis management. Crisis management is the, is the most one. important yeah. part. And what's funny is when 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 first you know started looking into commercial brewing and 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 looking into this venture, you know that that wasn't something that was at the top of the list. But over time, you realize, wow, you have to figure out what the hell are you going to do when your pump fails. Yeah. You know what are you How gonna, am I gonna do? Move this? Yeah, what are you gonna do when you're not hitting 180 on your tankless water heater? You know, so so I find that the best troubleshooters make the best brewers. Yes. So that's, this is delicious. The the in absentia. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. That's so, the that's the coffee hazelnut and what the fuck cocoa, uh, cocoa nibs that we threw. Dude, that we like use like Bolivian cocoa nibs. They're the most expensive cocoa nibs I've ever seen, but they're delicious. This is a this, is, this beer is amazing. So this is a uh, 2016 version. So I probably in a year that like little burn you would get on the you're getting on the back. Spent almost gone. a year in barrels. Yeah, yeah. Spent like what I think ten months in barrels. Um, the hazelnut I'm getting a lot of. Yeah, I definitely taste the hazelnut. Um, Good, getting a lot that of, was a huge fucking pain. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a lot of coffee and and yeah. A, oh, and, I'm getting I'm getting all three flavors. Yeah. Um, this is delicious. The, the great beer. Um, for those interested in all of the beers um, that we've drank today, including the other half, again, the 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 two drink minimum that we we selected the the two drink balls, beer that we blew by in the yeah, first like the ten goos, minutes. <laughs> um, that that can be found at the Craft House. The other half beers, um, they do cycle cycle in and out at the Craft House. Uh, but if you're interested in finding it anywhere in New York City, uh, look at beer menus. Look at Untapped. Look at no. Look at the most important place to look at their Instagram and look at their Instagram too, where they're distributing. That's important. Make sure you're you're up to speed as to where they're distributing. Um, and interestingly enough, being that we're a verified Untapped account, you get the the stats for all of New York City as to what beers are trending. Swear to God, top five beers are all other half beers. <laughs> so it's it's really you know again. Just if you're looking for any of the beers that we're drinking tonight or today, to, to morning. To morning. To morning is so good. <laughs> you, you definitely um, look at beer menus, look at Untapped, 
and and check it out, man. Fucking other half is awesome. What kind of uh, other half is located on one ninety five Center Street, Brooklyn, New York. Um, one one two three one. For those of you throwing it into your computers or phone, uh, otherhalfbrewing.com is their website, and they are open according to Google Businesses. Uh, Sunday between noon and ten. Uh, they're open every day except for Monday. Yep. And most days until ten p.m. I so, believe that's that's actually accurate. Well. Yeah, and their their Instagram handle is at other half nyc so i've never actually met my employers i just contact their instagram so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, so uh, listen if you if you live in new york if you live in staten island definitely check out other half they're a must uh, amongst other uh, breweries in new york city um and at that we want to thank bobby for bringing all of the beer that he brought and making hijacking us, his show yeah and, and and making us feel the way we feel right now which oh, is uh delicious. inebriated <laughs> making we us feel, feel delicious. delicious at 2 p.m uh it is 2 p.m um i had plans for tonight i'm not sure how well they're gonna go now but um i gotta but, go to brunch right now yeah we're, we're all gonna go to brunch and oh, okay, yeah we're gonna we're gonna bring bobby down to the craft house and it's gonna be great and uh we definitely look forward to the the next time that you come on and we hope to see you at proof for autism april 22nd at uh snug harbor um cultural cel- center. yeah the cultural center celebrate snug harbor yes consummate professional let's and, listen uh, to this yeah and uh and this has been great so thank you and uh we we definitely hope to do this again too Thanks again for tuning into our program. Be fearless, not fearless. And until next time.